Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Folks, and welcome to Maverick's Comic Roundup here on the Totally Driven Radio Network. My name is Maverick, and I do welcome you, and thank you for listening this week. We've got some cool comic book stuff and news to go over, and a brand new episode of The Six Shooter to talk about. Um, Interesting week in comics. We're also going to cover, talk a little bit more about the Comic Heroes Drive and some other things coming up. So let's get started and get right into the news this week. We've got some Boom Studio news to start things off. They've announced a new one-shot called WWE WrestleMania Special Number 1. This is going to be a 40-page one-shot comic book. That means it's a standalone issue. That will look at the most famous matches in the history of the WrestleMania and the book is scheduled for a March launch and will be $7.99. The book itself, they're talking about, it's going to promise to cover the greatest history, yeah, the great history of WrestleMania matches. They've talked about the, in the write-up I saw, they're talking about Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels in the latter match, as well as Daniel Bryan's big WrestleMania moment from several years ago. They're taking a very interesting direction with the new WWE comics. Um, I know the one shot kind of was almost autobiographical, not autobiographical, that's if they wrote it themselves, but biographical in nature um, for the most part, but they did do some fantasy storytelling or fictional storytelling, I should say. I don't know how they're going to do with the WrestleMania book, if they're going to embellish things, if they're going to create new things, or if it's just going to be almost a a comic book retelling of those matches and storylines. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, boom, we've been talking about the WWE series for a little bit now. They're also promising with the launch of the new series in January, special limited edition items that are going to come out with it. They haven't released what those are yet. They are sending that information out to retailers or comic book store owners. I'm trying to get 
some information about those, and hopefully I'll be able to bring to what they're doing. But they're really putting a lot behind this WWE launch. Uh, it's going to be big for them, or they're hoping it's going to be big for them. I know Then Now and Forever was very well received and uh, sold pretty well, at least according to the people I've talked to, the official numbers aren't in. So uh, we'll see where they go forward. This could be the start of a bunch of special one-shots and series from them uh, on top of their regular monthly book. So uh, the Inhumans television show for Marvel Comics that we talked about, um, they brought on Scott Buck as the series showrunner. He's going to be the guy kind of overseeing the whole series. Uh, he most recently worked on Iron Fist for Marvel's Netflix series, and he is actually coming right out from uh, finishing up that show. And he's going to do his magic with the Inhumans. We've only seen a little bit of uh, what's going on with Iron Fist so far, but it looks promising, just as the other Netflix series have looked. So hopefully Inhumans will have the same strong show vibe that the Netflix shows have had so far. Speaking of which, they announced this week that Cage will be getting a second season. We got a small teaser trailer earlier this week making the big announcement. We have no other information going forward. Of course, we're going to have to probably wait until after the Defenders miniseries, which teams up Cage with uh, Iron Fist, Daredevil, and other characters, and uh, Jessica Jones, of course and uh, some of the other supporting characters from those series in a big team-up event. Uh, I guess we'll get more of a direction and cast list once that show goes forward and we see how that Defender series plays out. So, Also, in the smoke movie news, which seems to be uh, pretty big right now, the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer has hit the web, uh, pun intended completely. Uh, we got to take a look at the new Spider-Man world as envisioned by the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This one's tying into the Marvel movies uh, since the deal that Marvel made to get the rights to Spider-Man in a shared universe. You got to see some of the Vulture, who looks like he's going to be the big villain. And surprisingly, a lot of Tony Stark. Uh, we'd heard he was going to be in the movie. I think most people assumed he was just going to be making an appearance to kind of push the plot along. But it actually, based on the trailer, looks like he plays a pretty big supporting role in the movie. We actually do actually get to see Iron Man uh, flying into action with Spider-Man at one point. Uh, we also get to see Marissa Tomei's version of Aunt May uh, reprising her role from uh, Captain America Civil War, where she appeared as well. And... Uh, you start to see the rest of his cast fill out a little bit. It was just a teaser trailer. Um, you get to see the spider webbing, which I thought was a pretty cool throwback to the original Spider-Man costume Ditko designed. He uses it kind of as a glider, which was a neat take on that, uh, something I didn't ever expect to see in the movies with Spider-Man's underarm webbing, considering it had been dropped so much by comic books for years and years and years uh, outside of the occasional old school print or cover you don't get to see the webbing so it looks like uh, Marvel's going to do its magic again and get the Spider-Man universe straightened out after a rather disappointing series of movies um, 
which was a reboot of the original movie, which kind of went astray. A long history of Spider-Man movies. The one thing I do like is that they're shying away from right away doing uh, the same old, same old with the Spider-Man movies. They, you know, with the Batman movies, you almost always get a new Joker. Like it's the only guy Batman ever deals with. And Spider-Man's got a, a rich history of supervillains as well, and they're going with the Vulture. And uh, Shocker is actually seen in the international version of the trailer, which he didn't quite make the American cut, but I'm sure he's going to make other ones. It's going to be the same old, same old. Uh, one interesting piece of uh, information is uh, throughout the course of the trailer, you see Spider-Man's best friend. Um, he's not really given a name in the trailer, but from what I understand, that's going to be Ned Leeds. It was a very interesting recast because Ned Leeds goes on to become Hobgoblin in Spider-Man comics down the line. I don't know if they're going to go that route or how they're going to deal with it, but just something interesting I noticed and was heard talking about around the comic stores this week. One more bit of comic book TV news. <laughs> is that NBC has given an announce date to their new DC-esque superhero show, I guess we can call it, uh, Powerless. Uh, Powerless is a sitcom set in the DC universe, and it covers uh, insurance adjusters in a world where superheroes are constantly causing mayhem and mischief. The show stars Vanessa Hudgens of... Probably most famous, I guess, would be High School Musical fame. I don't know much uh, other things she's done since then. I'm sure she's done plenty. I just don't know what those are. And that's going to debut on NBC February 2nd. Um, not really sure uh, about this one. It could be funny. It could be, you know, really, really awful and die quickly. I do know the Crimson Fox uh, is who's a seed list character from DC and a former Justice League International member is set to make an appearance or is going to appear in the series at some point. Um, Alan Tudyk is also scheduled to uh, be on the show. Uh, big Firefly fan I am, so I'm very always anxious to see where he shows up. He does seem to be showing up a lot of places, so good for him. So we'll take a look and see what's going on there. Also, this Friday, a reminder, DC's new Justice League action animated series is going to be debut. Check local listings for that. So in the world of comics, because that is what we talk about, and we've got a lot of comic stuff coming up, but some news that just kind of popped up this week. We're getting more and more information about the X-Men Resurrection event. Uh, a lot of people are excited about the relaunch of the X-Men. They've been, kind of been floundering for years, uh, not getting a lot of attention from Marvel, so the last couple events between Inhumans versus X-Men, which just kicked off, and now going forward with this Resurrection uh, initiative, where it's going to reboot all the titles and kind of bring them back to a classic X-Men appearance and look, even though they're keeping a lot of the current X-Men situations uh, a lot of different characters and new characters coming in, but they're going to try to put them into the mold of the classic X-Men world. And they're going to kick all that off with a book called X-Men Prime. It's a special one-shot issue that's going to be uh, setting the table, so to speak. It's going to be written by several of the writers 
of the new series coming up, and uh, you're going to see a lot of the new designs, costume designs, and a lot of the happenings, and they're going to set up the new status quo for that universe, and it's going to be uh, coming out right before Resurrection really kicks off. We don't have an exact uh, launch date for that yet, but people are really excited about this Resurrection event. Um, like I said, the X-Men have had a tough time of late. A lot of dark, morose stories, and they're promising a new direction, and uh, hopefully this uh, Resurrection goes in the right direction, and we get uh, X-Men comics that were just as strong and powerful and, and hot as they were in the 90s. So, definitely looking forward to that. I went down some of those things previously in the series. Now, that wraps up our news for this week. I'm trying to get the commercials here, but for some reason, it's not loading for me. So let's talk a little bit about uh, my, <laughs> very near and dear to my heart, the Marix Holiday Comic Heroes Drive. I have gotten a really good response on this. It's gone uh, so much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, for those who are just tuning in for the first time, that's a special drive that I'm hosting where we are collecting comic books and graphic novels. And uh, we are going to be donating them very soon to uh, local libraries and children who attend the libraries. Um, just a fun thing to do this holiday to spread the comic book love. I've gotten great responses from people who have donated. Uh, thank you to the Comic Universe in Folsom, Pennsylvania who has stepped up as a big sponsor to the event and has been collecting and even have made a great donation of comic books for the event. Uh, thanks to all the people who've reached out to me individually and uh, has given out comics. Uh, really, really fun, interesting look at uh, all the things uh, that have been donated. It's going to be a good time. And the plan is we're going to meet up with the Darby Free Library and we're going to give those books out some for their circulation. So uh, a lot of people get to enjoy them and they get to trade them out in and out. And then we're going to use the single issues to hand out as gifts to kids to encourage them to read. We're going to have a special event that day, and we're going to invite all the kids from the area, Darby area, to come in. And uh, we'll be covering that on the show as well. And that is coming up very soon. Um, it'll be Christmas, December the 22nd at the Darby Free Library will be the event itself, and I'll be covering that Um and reporting back. Uh, so just some scheduling notes, um, just to keep you on track. December 18th is next Sunday. That will be a very big holiday show. There's going to be a launch announcement about that on Monday as we tie into it. A lot of my contributors are going to be calling in for a very Maverick Christmas special. Uh, we're going to have special comic book reviews for holiday comics, holiday-themed comics, one-shots, um, specials, favorite holiday comic book, and a special version of the six-shooter, and uh, a whole lot more coming down next week. Uh, listen for events and news leading into that all week, and a couple surprises, hopefully. 
So I seem to have this all straightened out. It looks like it was my slow computer more than anything. So we're going to go to our commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk this week's hot comics in the six-shooter. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com to keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stories page on Facebook. We are back to Maverick's Comic Roundup. I am not used to the new commercial blocking. I caught sleeping there. Uh, well, not quite sleeping, but not paying attention. I was listening to the commercials and jamming along on that. Realized, oh my goodness, we're back on the air. Thank you for listening to Maverick's Comic Roundup here on the Totally Driven Radio Network. Make sure you 
tune in all week long for all of our great shows uh, and something for everybody here on the network. If you're into sports, entertainment, comic books, wrestling, or more, check us out all week long. So let's get right into it. This week's Six Shooter Comics, I think you should absolutely positively check out. This was a fun and interesting week in comics. I got to check out a lot of different books. Um, let's start off the Six Shooter by getting into the first book this week, and it's one that's on been on my reading list for a while. I'm really enjoying these uh, crossovers that they're doing. I've talked to them time and time again, but my first book is a crossover from two Icons of the 70s, and that is The Bionic Woman meets Wonder Woman 77. Um, DC uh, has been doing a great job of doing digital first uh, comic book adaptions of their properties, both the Wonder Woman 77 as it... uh, has been teamed up based on the live-action Wonder Woman television series. And the uh, Batman 66, of course, I've talked about based on the 60s Batman television series. They've been doing a great job, and and most recently they've used both of those titles to cross over with other properties of that era or other properties that are popular. And this is the first time Wonder Woman's done it. And, of course, they teamed her up with the Bionic Woman, which is absolutely perfect. Um book came out this week. It's uh, a lot of fun. Uh, The the write-up, of course, party like it's 1977 in this crossover event fans have wanted for decades, but never thought possible. Now Diana Prince meets Jamie Summers, or should we say Wonder Woman meets the Bionic Woman. The action-packed miniseries, two television titans team up to fight a rogue cabal bent on wreaking havoc and stealing deadly weapons. Can Castra be stopped before their real targets are revealed and lives are lost? superpowers, bionic enhancements, surprise villains, and an invisible plane, just about anything is possible. So, uh, love the write-up on that. The artwork is absolutely fantastic. It it fits so well with the kind of energy the series should have. Uh, They did a really great job of nailing this. There's some really, really awesome covers, too. Um, That just a perfect, perfect job on these series, uh, so much fun to see the Bionic Woman again, and teaming up with Wonder Woman. It's one of those things when you're, you know, you wonder what would happen if they ever met, and we got to see some of that uh, in this comic book. So check it out. It's on sale now. Wonder Woman 77 meets the Bionic Woman. Uh, again, one of those crazy fun crossovers that they've been doing a lot lately. We've talked about several of them with the classic properties, and uh, it's interesting to see what they're going to do next. You know, Wonder Woman is heading off to her meeting with Batman in a Batman 66, Wonder Woman 77, but that's after this one ties up, after she meets up with Wonder Woman. So, highly recommend it. It's uh, from DC and Boom Comics, or DC and Dynamite, holy moly. DC and Dynamite Comics. And uh, is in stores right now. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Number two, Two, or the next one, I should say, on my six-shooter list. Now, this one has come because several people have told me I need to check out this comic series. And it's one I've always passed up because at first I just kind of brushed it off as a a video game tie-in and not something I'd be very interested to. But 
more and more people are stepping up and talking about this book. And I'm talking about from DC Comics, Injustice Ground Zero. And this is a special one. Well, actually, I don't think it is a one-shot. I thought it was a one-shot, but it says to be continued. I don't know if that means there's going to be more one-shots or the story is going to continue. And what they did is they very wisely went and did a retelling of the Injustice world for DC Comics. And they did it through the voice of Harley Quinn, obviously one of their most popular characters, one of the most popular characters in comics right now. And uh, if you're in not familiar with Injustice, I know uh, Frank called uh, weeks ago. He was actually on the very first episode of the show, and he talked about it. And uh, people in the comic book store are like, Mav, you got to check out Injustice. It's really, really cool. It's an alternate universe take on DC Comics lore. And the basis of the story, and I'm, I'm assuming this ties into the video game, has since I've never played the video game for sure, but in the Injustice world, the Joker and Harley Quinn – sorry, I had to take a little coffee there. It's still early in the morning. The Joker and Harley Quinn, at least according to the, what I read in the one-shot, trick Superman into killing Lois Lane. Now, if you think that has a bad effect on Superman, you are absolutely right. What sets off is Superman decides that he is going to – essentially rid the world of crime, he kills the Joker immediately, as he, as most people probably would, and sets off as almost a, a monarch-type warlord uh, of the world. He recruits other heroes, and they're planning on wiping out other villains, and he's just gone off the deep end at this point. Um, Batman starts a, a resistance movement, so to speak. Many of his people as well as, as it turns out, many villains who tried to stop Superman uh, from pretty much taking over the world, which is, you know, in so many comics, they've made that Batman's paranoid fear anyway. So it, it ties right into that, and it's really an interesting, interesting thing. You see uh, some of these street-level characters like Green Arrow and Batman, you know, teaming up to take on, we're teaming up with villains essentially to take on Superman and um, they do a great job in this. If you just want to check out that world, this book uh, Injustice Ground Zero, it's it's Harley's version of what happened. So I imagine that there's her spin on it. But uh, it, it really introduces you to a very interesting world. And I gotta say, from what I've read, the one uh, the one shot I read this week, I definitely do want to dig more into the Injustice world. They're available on trades, uh, trade paperbacks, which is collected editions of the the series, and uh, single issues if you want to go if you're the kind of person who likes to hunt them down. But uh, I was definitely intrigued by the world and everything that it was done. We've seen so many of these alternate universe tales and so many Superman gone rogue tales over the years. I, I didn't really think that something uh, tied into a video game would be so uh, interesting, but it really caught my attention. I really enjoyed it, and I really want to check out more. So, you know, uh, I'm going to be reading more Injustice. You should check out Ground Zero. It's a one-shot. It came out this week, like I said, and it's uh, definitely a part of my six-shooter. Moving on, a new series that I picked up because I followed the previous series, uh, 
and it's in the Star Wars comic book universe. Far and away, the most popular character they've created for that universe is a character by the name of Dr. Aphra. Dr. Aphra is an archaeologist who uh, secretly worked with Darth Vader in the Darth Vader comic book series, and she was far and away uh, such an interesting character, a huge fan favorite, far and away the fan favorite character of that series, her and her two droids. Uh, she has an evil version of C-3PO and R2-D2. And Dr. Aphra, number one, came out this week. A lot of people thought that she was going to be a goner after the, the Darth Vader series because um, the series was coming to an end. It was Darth Vader, and he killed a lot of people anyway. And uh, towards the end of the series, it had looked like she had betrayed Darth Vader and wasn't going to get out of it <laughs> alive. But And she almost didn't. She faked her death, and her and her two droids and her evil Wookiee bounty hunter uh, kick off their own series this way. Uh, there's obviously some... Uh, uh, amalgams, not amalgams, that's not the right word. Uh, there's kind of a flip side to the Han Solo Chewbacca thing. They've got the droids. Uh, they, the droids are pure out evil and love destroying things and and they revel over uh, killing humans. Um, and uh, we get to see more of her backstory. Uh, you get to see her as a, a younger girl. And you actually get to meet her father, who I imagine is going to be pivotal to the series. So they did a great job of fleshing out um, Dr. Afra, introducing some more members of her cast. Uh, I anticipate this is just going to be a dark, uh, humored, fun book. The first issue did not disappoint. I can't wait for more down the line. And uh, It's honestly the first original character that uh, the Marvel Star Wars universe created that's getting in their own series. Um, I think that's going to give them some freedom to kind of go off in their own direction. It's not something Marvel's done a lot. We know Dark Horse created a lot of books uh, that stood on their own and, and just loosely was in the Star Wars movie world. Um, and they would go all over the timeline. Marvel has stuck pretty much to the telling stories with characters you know and love, and this is the first time they're really getting out on their own. So uh, we'll see how that goes, and we'll see if more characters come down the line. We know they've been putting out other characters, and we'll see what happens with those as we go forward. So a very strong first issue from Marvel and Star Wars, Dr. Afrin number one. Uh, let's hop back over to DC Comics for a book I've been anxiously looking forward to, uh, Nightwing number 10. Nightwing finally goes back to Bloodhaven. If you are a Nightwing fan or familiar with DC Comics lore, you know Bloodhaven holds special interest in Nightwing because after years and years and years of being a leader of the Titans, and Robin as a supporting character in Batman, Dick Grayson got his own series in the 90s. Uh, late late 90s. I believe it started in the 90s. I have to double-check that. But Nightwing, uh, his own comic, and the comic started off with him moving to a town called Bloodhaven, which was a suburban uh, city near Gotham, part of Gotham City area. And it kind of let him stand on his own and create his own rogues gallery and cast. And it went on for a long time. And then in the grand tradition of DC's mega crossover clusters, uh, he moved from there. It got blown up. Uh, it became a uh, 
miniseries revolving around uh, what happened to Bloodhaven and tied into all their big mega stuff. And, and he's kind of, Dick Grayson's kind of been displaced ever since. Uh, he pretty much just lived in Gotham when they rebirthed until he started doing his traveling espionage deal. But when they did rebirth and they promised to kind of bring characters back to the roots and touch on things that were important to them, Bloodhaven was an important thing for Dick Grayson. And it was interesting because it was introduced to Dick Grayson last issue in, in Nightwing number nine by Superman, uh, that universe is Superman. And uh, he went down and he's got himself an apartment and he's kind of reestablishing himself in Bloodhaven. Uh, and uh, this issue, not a whole lot of, of action per se, but it sets the table. You get to meet some of the new players in Bloodhaven and, and right off the bat, people aren't exactly who you're expecting, which I thought was interesting. Um, there's a group uh, gathering called the Runoff, which are uh, <laughs> quite literally villains who kind of trickle down to Bloodhaven from Gotham. Um, a lot of them are operating in and out, and there's an interesting new take on Bloodhaven in that it's, it reminds me of a lot of Atlantic City, if that makes sense, where it's a, a town trying to reinvent itself. Um, they have a short town with a boardwalk, and uh, there's an underbelly of crime. Not saying Atlantic City has a huge underbelly of crime, but you know you you play into the history of Atlantic City with their organized crime reputation for the casino tie-ins, and uh, at least in storytelling. So, you know, Dick Grayson gets himself established there. There's some interesting twists in the issue, and. Uh, a different look at Bloodhaven, but it's still hopefully going to be, I know they're promising to bring back a lot of uh, Dick Grayson's original Rose Gallery in new and creative ways to update them. And uh, I'm very excited to see where this goes. Uh, happy to see Nightwing kind of getting back to being Nightwing. I, I said before, when the series started, they really didn't um, do too much to change uh things and shake things up. He, he immediately went on an espionage undercover mission, which he had been doing previously. And uh, But now they're establishing his roots uh, very well as being Dick Grayson and Nightwing. You know, there's uh, just some throw-offs in the, in the issue where he's uh, contacting uh, Roy, who's uh, Arsenal, and just doing things that, that made him such a strong character previously. So it was definitely a step in the right direction for Nightwing 10, um, his connection to both the Batman universe as well as the Titans universe are, are firmly in there. And hopefully going forward, it's going to be a, a great read and a fun series. So uh, if you're a DC Comics Titans Batman fan, Nightwing number 10 should be on your six-shooter this week. And we're going to go to Valiant Comics for my next book this week. And that this has uh, consistently been making my six-shooter list. I really, really, really hope that you pick up this book, uh, Faith Number Six. Now, I've been covering Faith since its relaunch. It got a lot of press, obviously, for its heroine being an out-of-the-box type character. And um, while all that was well and good, it, it's really a well-written comic book series, regardless of the fact that Faith herself is a quote-unquote plus-sized heroine. Um, her weight's not a huge contributing factor to the series. It just happens that they, their smashing body type 
images for comics and, and creating a, a realistic uh, superhero. And uh, she's just a lot of fun to read. She's a comic book fan, so there's lots of comic book references and the storylines that, that have her. Um, since she's moved to L.A., a lot of them deal with uh, pop culture and, and Hollywood types, and uh, she's really building an interesting base. Um, this issue is a continuation of last story in which she was trying to hunt down a, a starlet, a, a teen star who had some bad luck in her career due to some paparazzi and uh, was taken possession of by an evil entity and was <laughs> causing mischief and havoc all over the place in there and uh, finds a very clever way of <laughs> getting around that particular problem. Um, it plays into comic tropes in that she looked like a character out of the villain, I should say, looked like a character right out of anime, and uh, there was even a talking cat uh, character that tied into it, um, definitely playing with uh, the fact that Faith loves comic books and movies and graphic novels and would recognize something right out of a Japanese anime and, and would even say as such. Um it's a lighthearted book, but it's still a lot of action and a lot of great storytelling. Uh, Faith is kind of relaunching the whole Valiant superhero universe. We talked last, previously I should say, I don't know if it was exactly last week, about Harbinger uh, making a comeback, which is where she was launched from, and it looks like there's going to be more uh, big things coming from Valiant and Faith. Um, just, uh, again, read this book, man. It's a great, great book. Speaking of great great books, another book that's getting my six-shooter constantly, and I, I do try to switch these books up, but some of these things just need to be checked out. And uh, heading over to Marvel for our next book, and that's Champions number three. Champions is a, is a great new initiative coming out of Civil War II, which hysterically has still not ended, even though some of these books are into three and four issues that have spun out of Civil War Three, And that's a that's an argument for a whole other time about these big mega crossovers that, that both Marvel and DC have been constantly dropping the ball with in getting them out in time and, and losing momentum coming out of the storylines. But that doesn't disqualify the fact that The Champions is a great idea and a great book, and, and to me, probably a very timely book because – so many of these events, like Civil War, are pretty much just heroes randomly fighting and blowing up other heroes or randomly fighting and blowing up other supervillains, and they become grudge matches and uh, superheroes actually helping people on a grand scale doesn't happen a lot in, in any comic book, really. And the champions is kind of standing alone in that they, that's the whole point of the book is that Superheroes need to be better superheroes. They can't just go and blow things up and destroy things. And it's actually a theme running through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, they touched on it here. And Mark Waid is the series writer for Champions. And uh, brilliant. I'm a big fan of Mark Waid and everything he does. He finds so many interesting takes on superhero comics that still keep the character classic, but investigates different tropes and themes throughout. And in this one, he's really doing a great job of big, overblown uh, events with very little substance and very little superheroes being superheroes. And uh, the Champions team, which is the, the teenage heroes, the current teenage heroes of the 
Marvel Universe, and they're characters who have been recently created over the last couple years. Uh, and a lot of them are your replacement heroes. You have a, a younger version of the Hulk, a time-displaced younger version of Cyclops. You have uh, the new Spider-Man, Miles Morales. You've got the new Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, and uh, a new, version, new version of Nova, who uh, also had a brand-new book out this week. And uh, oh, Viv, uh, the daughter of the Vision, uh, teaming up to to kind of stand up and say, "Let's be better heroes. Let's just not go in and blow up the building because a bad guy's in it. Let's see who if we can really make a difference and help people." And uh, they're using social media as a a big tool in the series, which is brilliant because young people today and all people today are so reliant on. Um, there are smartphones and Twitter and, you know, technology as it is. And um, using the hashtag champions, Marvel's champions, uh, throughout the book and uh, is actually how they go about finding this mission to go on. And uh, it would make sense that heroes in the Marvel Universe, today's Marvel Universe, would uh, be very social media savvy. And uh, they use that to their strength. And they go and they... They find a situation, and they find a really unique way around it. And they, they're they heroes on this one on two fronts. Yes, they stand up to the, to the villainous situation, but it's the inspiration to be champions and heroes that ultimately lead to the situation being mostly resolved. And uh, the, the themes of the book ring true. And, and like I said, Mark Waits just... Uh, brilliant writer and he does a really great job in this one of he does a really great job of of keeping true to the champions theme and cause and it seems like he's got a really clever direction and uh he's already started the interplay which is so much fun in in team-based comic books team i should say not just team where they're in kind of getting to know each other the personalities are starting to run up against each other there's of course the debate over who should be team leader on this um and it leads to a lot of interesting scenarios and things that are playing out as they explore themselves and in (laughs) one interesting scene each other in a way as you see a very interesting kiss between the Incredible Hulk and the Vision's daughter, who's an android. And um, so this is the kind of stuff that's going to make the comic run true. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes, because of the the Marvel champion characters right now, Nova, like I mentioned earlier, just got a new series. He got a new number one this week, and uh, just missed the six-shooter, but I have some extra time so I can talk about it. The Nova series is going to include the new the new Nova, Sam Alexander, as well as the more famous and popular Rich Ryder, who was quote unquote killed off, and we know what that means in comics. Absolutely nothing. Uh, they brought him back, and uh, the two are going to star in the series together. It looks like, and I'm wondering if they're going to pull him out because a lot of times when characters get their own series, sometimes they pull them out. Marvel, not so much. DC is painfully famous, infamous for doing that and kind of kills momentum of books. But uh, And then, of course, uh, Cyclops, young Cyclops, time, dis- time displaced. That's a whole other <laughs> adventure down the road. But 
for uh, trying to help the situation. I mentioned that Marvel's X-Men universe has been very dark. Uh, Beast went into the past and got the original five X-Men and brought them to the future, and then by happenstance, they're still stuck here. They're stranded here. They're playing heavy into the blue and gold world of uh, the X-Men resurrection titles. So it's going to be interesting to see how Cyclops and Nova both play into the series. Um, A big push in this issue is should Cyclops be the leader? Because he is the he was the team leader of the X Men. He's got the most experience, but obviously, because of the situation in Marvel Comics with the older version of Cyclops. And uh, if you've been following Marvel, you know what that is. If you haven't been following Marvel Comics, uh, Cyclops the X Men is is become. Oh, I don't want to say evil because that's too broad a term, but uh, almost a. Uh, evil type figure uh, in that he does some things that are rather shady uh, ends justify the means kind of thing as he tries to go forward and protect mutant kinds from extinction and uh, made some choices that a heroic character wouldn't normally make. How about we just leave it at that? And um, young Cyclops has been dealing heavy with the ramifications of the fact that his, uh, his older self turns out to be such uh, an over-the-top, almost terroristic figure. And uh, he's been doing everything he can to try to make sure that doesn't happen. And uh, obviously, many of the younger characters don't trust younger Cyclops because of what happens. So that leads to a lot of interesting interplay in the Champion series. And uh, going forward, it'll be interesting to see where he goes and uh, what he does, because he's also scheduled to be a huge part of the Marvel relaunch. And... uh, It'll be very interesting to see what happens uh, going forward, both in the champions and in the individuals, and how those individual series, both Nova and the X-Men Resurrection series, tie into champions. Because so far, they haven't gotten a lot of interference or or issues, problems, I should say, from other Marvel characters. There's a lot of other younger heroes out there who they... uh, insinuate it may be part of the movement or looking into the movement, so we may see a rotating cast situation. Uh, Or maybe just it'll grow. But it's definitely a great series. I hope uh, it doesn't stray too far from its goals. It's definitely been something I've uh, curious about. And even though I'm not a huge fan, like I said, of of replacement heroes as they are, I think they've done a great job with this series, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go looking forward with Spin. So check out Marvel's Champions. Uh, I talked about it. They did a huge launch for issues one and two where you could get some buttons and lithographs and little standee characters. Uh, I don't know if those are still available, but uh, Marvel's putting a lot into this book. Uh, I think it's going to be a linchpin book for them. Uh, unfortunately, because of the lateness of Civil War II, we don't know how important <clears throat> that situation is going to be. But uh, you know, the the concept of these characters who got tired of the the Avengers just blowing things up and, and causing havoc and stepping out on their own to be better heroes, uh, very timely and very hopefully uh, very indicative. No, that's not the word I want to use. Uh, well, let's just say that I, hopefully it's 
it's uh, what Marvel's new initiative is going to look like going forward. So that's the Marvel Champions. That is my six-shooter, six comics I think you should definitely check out this week. If there's a comic or comic book series you think I should check out and, and talk about on the air, please hit me up on Facebook or send me a message, uh, Mavericks Comic Roundup's Facebook page. Uh, or if you see me, you're out and about, you know, just hit me up with some great stuff. I've got some uh, definite interest in checking out new books. There's been a couple books that i really surprised that have been tips from people I've talked to that I, I really didn't think I'd be into. Um, books like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and, of course, Injustice and uh, so many other things out there that I that just kind of slipped through my fingers. Uh, until someone says, hey, you should check this out. And uh, it's, they've turned out to be really cool. So always open to new suggestions on the show to talk about and always interested in hearing what you guys are reading and talking about. You know, I try to get as many different styles and types of comics on the air as we can, as you've heard in the past with uh, segments like Dancers Read Dance Class and Meg's My Little Pony Roundup, uh, I got to say thank you for all the feedback on that one. You guys really seem to enjoy cheese sandwich. Uh, Megan was thrilled that I received several messages throughout the week on cheese sandwich. And uh, it's good to know that at least some of my friends are listening to the show, which is always a good thing. So uh, moving forward into a little show business as we get ready to wrap up this issue. I already episode. I always mix up issue and episode when I'm talking about the show. Maybe I should make this show into a comic book. What do you think? Uh, December 18th is our next show. It's actually also my last show for 2016 as we're going to take a two-week break because the next two Sundays are Christmas Day and New Year's Day, and that is just madness. So when we come back in January, we're going to have new features, a uh, new theme song, uh, maybe some bumpers. I'm working on uh, really bringing the show to the next level for 2017 and some appearances and some events. There's some really great stuff coming up in January and February, uh, personal appearances, uh, comic book events that I, I, I want to highlight. There's a couple great ones coming up in January that are, are so cool. I can't wait to get in and talk to them. It's just a little early to get into right now, but I'm going to talk heavily about them. There's one coming up in January at Ontario Street Comics, uh, an event that I, I'm actually not involved in, but I, I want to highlight. And there's an event coming up in February in Folsom that I am involved with. And possibly even some news about uh, your old cowboy friend getting back into the wrestling ring and taking his brand of mayhem there. So very much looking forward to 2017. Uh, next week is going to be our big holiday <laughs> show. Uh, going to do a big Christmas special. I know I talked about doing stuff like this. Uh, we're going to go all out and have our first holiday special. Uh, there's so many great holiday comic book and comic book uh, graphic novels, and uh, we're just going to have a fun holiday party next week. So get ready for that. And then we kick off, and that'll be the wrap for the show until 2017. And like I said, when we come back, we're going to have a lot of awesome stuff leading into that. I'm very, very excited to see where the show goes. Uh, we're going to have a revamped blog, and uh, a show page is going to be more interactive with the show coming forward. So uh, thank you as we get the show established for listening and checking out and your, um, 
you're definitely uh, going to be rewarded, I hope, going forward. Uh, thank you for all the suggestions about the show and, and things we can do with the show, and I'm going to be working with more comic book shows and people. I've got some guests coming on in 2017 that I'm excited about as well. So uh, let's talk about it. For more information on the show itself, my blogs, appearances, and more, head to mavericksroundup.com because I do talk more than just comics on there. I've got a fitness segment that I started as I track my progress running my first Spartan race, and I've also, I do cover the world of wrestling still. Um, a lot of people have asked about the return of Throwback Wrestling Thursday. That should be returning soon. Um, so check out Mavericks Roundups to hear more of my insane ramblings. You can also follow me on Instagram by searching at Mavericks Roundup, Facebook at Mavericks Roundup, of course. Synergy is important. You, know, you can read my weekly comic reviews for Totally Driven TV at totallydriventv.com. I've got one for Dr. Afra I'm currently working on, and another one uh, who whose name escaped. I forget which one I actually had pegged for the roundup, but you should be getting two this week for Totally Driven. I kind of slacked a bit for the holidays, so I'm going to make up with it by giving you two next week. And I'm also doing reviews for the Comic Universe in Folsom, Pennsylvania, their Facebook page uh, at Comic Universe. Uh, I've done a couple for them. I'm still waiting to see what they want me to check out next. Um, so hopefully we'll get another one from that soon, and you can check it out. And you can also check out my Star Wars family podcast, Galactic Clubhouse, that I do with my daughters, uh, galacticclubhouse.libson.com, and on Instagram and Facebook by searching at Galactic Clubhouse. On our Instagram right now, we are recapping the Star Wars Lego Advent Calendar. We're having a lot of fun doing that. And we have a new show that's in the pipeline that we're working on that actually I said was going to go up last week, but... You know, the the season being what it is, we're a little behind on that, but we're going to have a new schedule for the show soon and possibly some interesting news going forward. So check all of that stuff out. That is all the show I have for this week. Next week, Maverick's great big holiday spectacular. We've got uh, both the girls are calling in talking about Christmas uh theme comic books, and we may have some more surprises, a special holiday theme six-shooter, and more. So thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, I had a great time doing the show, uh, and I will talk to you all very soon. Happy trail.